You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. Time for our biblical worldview question of the week. Globetrotter that you are, I'm so glad you're back home. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> well, it's good to be here and, um, and to hear yours. And good morning, Eric. Good morning. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You just don't let the quietness fool you. This one is a handful, Nancy. You think Steve's a handful? No. No, he's easy to deal with. This one, you got to watch out for. I'm not even kidding. It's the quiet ones you worry about. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Watch your back. (laughs) Oh, boy. In fact, call in reinforcements. You'll want eyes all around. But uh, it's time for our biblical worldview question of the week on this Teaching Tuesday. And, you know, we're we're looking at uh, kind of this morning about... God's sovereignty, you know, he is in control. We don't always see it, and he is good no matter what our circumstances are. But, Nancy, the question that uh, you've chosen for us today, and I know a lot of the young people that you work with and you teach biblical worldview to come up with these questions, and they're great questions. Um, How can I know for sure that God is in control? Yes, I mean, it's a, it's a question that I'm sure runs through our minds, some of us, daily, with things happening, um, you know, uh, doctor's appointments, uh, uh, this kind of thing that would put terror in many uh, for us. This is our chance when times get rough, especially to reconsider <clears throat> how much control of our lives we've really given to God and hung on to. And, you know, the thing is, Kelly, that many believe in God, but still feel they need, for some reason, to control every single area of their life. And they will not relinquish it. And as a result, most, and I'm talking about Christians now, live in fear for the well-being of their family, of their friends, of their country. And they are literally haunted by this, you know. And I know that people say that God is in control of all things, but how can I know for sure? This is the question they're asking. Is God really in control? And we know the Bible teaches us that God is sovereign, and this, this is a concept, this is a truth of Scripture, that once we understand the sovereignty of God, we will understand that from our side of this world, you know, we don't get it. We get very little, really. Uh, but God gets everything, past, present, and future, in through all eternity. Sovereign means that, that one has complete and total knowledge and power over every creature, every event, every circumstance, every moment in history, past, present, and future. That is what the sovereignty of God is all about. I love what Abraham Kuyper said. There's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human experience, existence, over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. I just love it. Mine. You are mine, is what he's saying. 
And then uh, R.C. Sproul writes, if there is one single molecule in this universe running around loose, totally free of God's sovereignty, then we have no guarantee that a single promise of God will ever be fulfilled. Those are strong words, and it puts, it, it puts weight on this idea of the sovereignty of God. Are we as Christians willing to not only uh, intellectually understand this, but emotionally through our faith, uh, praise God for his sovereignty, give him control over everything, because quite frankly, he has it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Nancy, um, why is it vital for us to understand the sovereignty of God? Well, I don't think anything gives us strength and confidence more than understanding that God is in control of our lives. Not only is he in control, he wants to be in control uh, because he's sovereign and he's subject to none. And I think this is so foreign to us, to being subject to no person. God is influenced by no one. And this is the thing. He is independent. He is perfect. He knows all things. He's not swayed one way or another. He never makes a mistake. And when we really begin to think about this and start living this out, we will understand clearly that our God is in control. Uh, I love Isaiah fourteen twenty four. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Amen. But, Nancy, yeah. you know, uh, and, and then I hear this from people, too, and when I, I hear Christians say this, and, and maybe it's just me, I tend to bristle just a little bit, you know, oh, that was a coincidence. No, no, that was, that was random. Considering that God is sovereign, is it even accurate to say that anything is random or happens by coincidence? No, no, there's nothing random. The minute there's random, there is no God. And what seems random to us, I keep thinking of that tapestry, you know, that, that people make. And on the backside, it's full of, filled with knots and strings and this. But you turn it over and you see this beautiful work of art. And I, I really believe we're, we work uh, on this earth on, on the backside of that tapestry. And the day will come when we will see the other side. But right now, God is in control. And nothing is random. Nothing comes by uh, chance, especially in the lives of believers. And God is resolved to do what he'll do, and nothing stands in his way. He purposed it, which means to decide to do something deliberately. And God is not flip like we are. He is not into the quick fix. What he does, he does deliberately, and he does perfectly. Um, I, I love Isaiah 46.10. I make known the end from the beginning, the ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. This is our powerful God. This is our purposeful God, who is in control of everything, including your and my chaotic lives. 
First Chronicles 29.11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. In Ephesians 1.11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God is in control. And when we give our lives over to him, everything changes. He is a God of the impossible. And if God is sovereign over all things, then where does our free will fit into that grand scheme of things? Yeah, and this is the, this is, I think, uh, something for all of us to ponder because Eric, in a sense, if he is independent, if he, if he is in control of all things, why then does he choose to invite us in to accomplishing his will? Why does he do it? And that's a question I think we will have forever. But the truth of the matter is, he loves us so much. He has made us in his image and given us the ability through the work of the Holy Spirit to do what he allows us to do to accomplish his will. And he uses our suffering of this world to draw us closer to himself and better understand how to minister to those who suffer. I mean, there's purpose for everything. God has commissioned us to go first into our own families, into our homes, into our neighborhoods, and into the workplace where we live most of the days, and to love and disciple and to be that light forever, that light of Jesus. And that's what he has called us to do in carrying out and helping and being allowed to step in with God in accomplishing his will and his goal. You know, our all-knowing God foreknew, for example, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, that he would grow and claim to be God. That didn't just happen by chance or randomly. Nothing in God's economy is random. He knew that before the beginning of the world. And this is essentially what makes God so amazing, is that he knew this, but yet Jesus was willing to walk that road because He wanted to bring us, you and me, into his kingdom and to share in the love, in the glory of God. Jesus knew that he would be beaten by the Romans before the beginning of time. He knew he'd be plotted against. He knew he'd be betrayed by Jesus. He knew that he would be left alone to die the most excruciating death a human can, can die from. He was willing to do that. He knew that beforehand. None of that was by chance. He was in complete control. And I I think it helps us as we look back in history and we look and study the cross in the same way Jesus had foreknowledge of everyone he was going to create. And that includes each, each one of us. No one has been created without the blessing of God. And just think about it. All of us are made in God's image, which means we can choose, God gives us choice, 
to enter into a loving relationship with God, a relationship that says, God, I want to do whatever it takes to honor you, you know. Uh, and with this comes the responsibility, of course, to love others, even our enemies. This is why God sent us the Holy Spirit, because he knew we couldn't do it ourselves. So God sends us his spirit to live in us, to teach us, to help us grow in our trust and faith in Jesus. And, you know, our, our feelings might differ, but the Holy Spirit in the Word of God affirm to all believers that God is present in the midst of our trials. He will get the glory through the worst of our days. And God never has, nor will we ever abandon us. You know, uh, Satan would love to say, see, you have that, or you're going through this because God hates you. Quite the contrary. God is using our, our suffering to bring him glory. He is in complete control. And that, uh, uh, Eric, I think changes everything. Because with God in control, we know there's purpose for this. And guess what? We as human beings don't always have to know why God allows certain things. But I do know he is a God of love and grace. And I do know he is in control. And it's my job to relinquish my life to him, to use it as he pleases. I love Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Praise be to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. We are God's children. We will always be his children when we put our faith in him. And what greater assurance do we want of that? The God, the creator of the universe, is our father. And he is with us, will protect us, and we give him the right to use us any way he chooses to bring himself glory. You know, I remember years ago, Nancy, many, many, many years ago, when I first became a Christian, I went to one of the church elders' homes, and he was hosting a, a group of young people in his home that evening, and we're just having discussions, much like you do with the young people that you teach biblical worldview to, and the question was posed to us, you know, do you think that you are born sinful, or are you born unsinful, and that was an interesting discussion, and I don't know why that is coming to my mind now, but it is, and I, I was thinking about the implications of that discussion, because, yeah, we're born into a world that is absolutely riddled with sin. This is where we live until we go to be with the Lord, yet he has redeemed us through the blood of Christ. And when I think about that night and that conversation, I, I wish that I, I would have been able to pose your next uh, point to them, because even though we are born into a sinful situation and we are in our flesh sinful people, um, you also say that we're born with a yearning for God despite yeah. that, and that is huge. Talk more about that. It is huge, and I think if we really understood this point alone, people would understand better really who they are. Because when we're born in a simple world and we act out and we want everything to go our way and we want this and that and the other and I'm not happy if I don't have this and this and you need to do this, honestly, it gives me a headache just to think about it. But there's this idea uh, that we have to start thinking more about, and I don't think that we as a church do, is that we are in the made in the image of God. 
in the image of God, I made man, says God. Uh, Genesis uh, uh, 1, 26, 27, read it. Uh, that we made God, we made man in our image, which means we made God with a soul, a soul that can communicate with the Almighty, a soul within mankind that can walk along with the guiding of the Holy Spirit to help carry out God's will for mankind. Oh my goodness. And that's, that's really what this is all about. Because in us, all humans have a yearning for God. And I know we've talked about this in, in, in past uh, uh, mornings, but we are born with an affinity to know God. And it's what God we choose. Do we choose ourselves to be our God? Do we choose, you know, whatever false idol out there to be our God? Do we choose a false religion or a cult or whatever to be our God, to satisfy that, that yearning in us that God put in there for God? But there is only one God that's going to satisfy us, and that's the God of the Scripture, the sovereign God. And, and this idea of, of Jesus Christ who loves and protects us, um, uh, that's, that's the God of truth. And we want to have a relationship with God that we can trust, that we can know. And there are no shortcuts. And this is the thing, church. There are no shortcuts when it comes to knowing and trusting the God of the Scripture. Um, uh, the vast majority of those who identify as Christians, and, and I'm just saying these statistics are out there, but it's what gets me up in the morning and it, it, it what pushes me through the day. The need is overwhelming for the Christian church to start understanding uh, in a deeper sense what this faith is all about, who this God is. But less than 2% can tell you why they believe in Jesus. Who is Jesus? How do you know he's God? Less than 2% can tell you. And only 6% are living out their faith daily. Now, what this says is no wonder the anxiety rate in the Christian community is outrageously high. Is because very few truly have taken the time to soak in God's word, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to study his word, and to learn who God is and to invite him in into our daily uh, activities. Simply put, um, I think there's one way to know and build trust in God, and that comes from reading and studying his word. And, you know, I have confidence in, in knowing the scriptures because um, God uh, made it very clear to me that if he was going to use me, I'd have to get my nose in the scripture mm -hmm. and do that on a daily basis. I know better than anybody else. I, I'm telling you what, I would love to have an extra cup of coffee or sleep in a little late. And God says, no, you know, um, let's get up. Let's, let's spend some time together. And it changed my life. I have to set my alarm to do it. And there are lots of times. So I turn off that alarm and say, Oh, please, I'm just going to pass on today. And God said, get up. I'm not passing on you. Come on. <laughs> we've got stuff to do. But you know, yeah. uh, uh, this is the thing. Uh, it takes effort. But the, but the return on investment, I can't even begin to tell you, is yeah. outrageously huge. And you know that, Kelly, mm -hmm. more than I do. I mean, when we get in the scriptures, 
the more the Holy Spirit will fill our minds and hearts with the truth of God. Amen. And studying the truth teaches us to trust him in all areas of life, you know, and when this happens, we trust God in the sovereignty and we celebrate him in the good and challenging times because we know that God has chosen us to walk the walk we're walking, to give him glory in how Mm -hmm. he does that part. I don't know, but I tell you, it's a privilege to be a child of God. And it's a privilege to study because yeah. the more I study it, the more excited I get about it. I mean, it's insane. I say at 12, too. <laughs> Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength, my defense. He has come, uh, become my salvation. Oh, taste and see in Psalm 34 that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We as Christians have been given an open door to come in and taste and see. Mm-hmm. And I just encourage all of us to take that step and make God a part of our daily, of our daily devotion. Yes. Uh, and, and, and everything changes. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Everything changes. Before we let you get off the phone, I would love for you to share with people, and I see this on your website, anchorsaway.org, how they can become trained to be facilitators and teachers of biblical worldview. Yeah, and, and I think like we were talking about earlier, Kelly, just the need for them to become equipped themselves, and then they'll be able to go and disciple others. You know, But if you go on our site, you're going to see questions of the week, and those are every question that we've done for the last five years uh, is posted there. And you can go back and, and, you know, there's a, there's a search for keywords. You can go and, and read the scripts from the, from these, uh, uh, broadcasts that we've been doing to help answer your questions and, and your friends. I would suggest that you take a look at the unanswered smoke, uh, mirrors and God, which is a small group study I've done for adults or college students, uh, it is a survey class of worldview. I think you'll really like it. Lots of discussion with some videos to watch, uh, just to key off, you know, four to six minute videos to start each mm-hmm. group. I think you'll, they, they would love it. And then boot camp. Let's get in there. Let's learn this stuff. There's a button to get started on boot camp and, and you'll be guided through, uh, the, the first four lessons of the Anchors Away, uh, curriculum. Wow, and it will give you a foundation that you never thought you could have. So those are four ways. Go to anchorsway.org, and uh, we would be thrilled to be able to send you some things that will get you and your family and your friends on board in on this learning curve, because worldview matters. It's the difference. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. <laughs> 